Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Shooting the Sports Podcast with Ebony and Ivory. My name's Jonathan. I'm the Ebony. And my name's Nick, and I'm the Ivory. Welcome into episode three. Today, we are going to be talking about the NBA playoffs, getting into uh, any surprises we've seen so far, uh, taking a look at the series. Most of them are a couple games in now. We're going to talk some baseball, um, early surprises, uh, teams that we like. Also, we're going to talk some NFL offseason. I know we've had a lot going on with that. Uh, a lot of wide receivers changing teams, uh, some quarterback controversy. Um, and then there's also a uh, division out there that is looking pretty good this year. So uh, we're going to talk about them a little bit as well. I would also uh, like to just state before we get started, uh, apologies to our listeners. I completely met Anthony Bennett, as you saw in the caption last episode, not Anthony Edwards. Uh, we're not perfect. <laughs> Mistakes happen, but I uh, just wanted to clear that little side side note Mistakes up do. before uh, before we move forward. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up. I appreciate that. Not a problem. But I want to get so, right into it today, John. Um, yeah, go for it. I want to start off with uh, I want to start off with asking you a question. Uh, I want to give you some stats. Uh, I want you to tell me what player belongs to these stats. Ooh, playoff right, stats. Now these are these are playoff stats. Now, okay. All right. Twenty one point seven points, six point eight rebounds, three point eight assists, one steal, one block, shoots forty four percent from the field, thirty six percent from three, and eighty three percent from the free throw line. Ooh, Name that player. Get a hint. He is twenty five years old or younger. 25 years old or younger. I mean, is there a minimum of games they played? Because my first thought would be Jordan Poole from the Warriors. Nope, that's a pretty good guess. Nope, it's actually Jason Tatum, believe it or not. He really? is, uh okay. Those are his playoff numbers through, yep, through the first few games of his career. Um, unbelievable. I mean, he's just having an unbelievable start to his career. Um, I watched him last night, and he just absolutely took over that game. It was so much fun to watch. Uh, he's definitely a big reason why the Celtics are up 2-0 two no, two in this series. Uh, he's averaging 25 a game in these playoffs. You know, he's just, just off to a great start. I definitely think the, uh, definitely think the Celtics are just going to run through the nets now with just the way he's playing. It's uh, Durant and Kyrie. They're just you. not gelling together. I tried yeah, to tell you. You did. You did. I tried to tell you. So uh, let's jump into it. Uh, last night we had uh, three different games. Uh, you want to actually start with the Nets and Celtics since we're there? Absolutely, yeah. Um, like you said, or like I just say, uh, stated earlier, uh, Celtics are up 2 nothing in this series. Um, I, you know, They got Ben Simmons, the Nets do, supposed to be coming back for game four. I don't know if it's going to make a difference, honestly. Um Celtics only need a couple more games. I To me, the interesting part was the Nets were actually up with about six minutes left. I want to say they were up by six or seven, and the Celtics just came back storming. Yeah, I mean, the Nets just couldn't buy a basket. Uh, Durant, I think, he had he had 25 points, only four made shots, just did everything from the free throw line. Just, you know, you know I'm, a, I'm a huge Kevin Durant fan. Love Kevin Durant. Um, Kyrie went to Duke, so, you know, obviously I'm a Kyrie fan as well. It's just not working over there. It, it should so be, and it's just not. Let me ask you a question. So, let me ask you a question. Do you think 
do, do are you willing to accept the fact Celtics are probably going to sweep this, or do you think the Nets still steal one at home? No, I think the Nets still steal one. Definitely think they still steal one. Um, but I, I don't think I don't think it goes past six games. I honestly, I think the Nets might take one, but I don't think it'll go past six. I really don't. Gotcha. Um, but well, another the, series, though, that's yeah. probably... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, that's exactly what I was going to get into. You're probably about to say what I was about to say, so go for it. Yeah, there's a series that's probably not going to go past four games, um, <laughs> that being the 76ers. They, uh, they're just too much right now. Joel Embiid is just... He is having an unbelievable season. I watched he last night. He is that guy. He hit that step back three to to win the game last night and in <laughs> overtime, and it was I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Now, fun fact about Joel Embiid: Did you know that he started playing basketball in two thousand nine at fifteen years old? He was actually a soccer player until he was fifteen. Started playing basketball, and then was drafted five years later at twenty years old. I was not aware so of within that. five years of starting the game of basketball. Yeah. Within five years of starting the game of basketball, this man was drafted into the NBA. I mean, that, I mean, when, when, when you're good, and you're then you good. fast forward. Yeah. You fast forward. He's only, so really he hasn't been playing basketball even 15 years. He's only, he's only, I think 28. So, and he's, he's just getting better. Um, but speaking of, speaking of Joel Embiid, I, I, I got to say something. I, was thinking about this earlier, and uh, I have a comparison for Joel Embiid or, or somebody that I think could potentially be the next Joel Embiid. Mm, okay, what do you got? And that's and that that's Zion Williamson, and I'm going to show my work with that. Here we go. Through the first through the first three seasons, Joel Embiid only played 31 games. He missed the first two years with a foot injury, and only played 31 games in his third year. Zion, this is the end of his third year. He's played 85 games. So he's already played more games than Embiid. Now, I say that because both of them are getting off to the same start. Embiid, like I said, slow start, foot injury the first couple years. He's really improved the last three, four seasons. I think Zion's going to potentially be on that trajectory. I think he'll, he, you know, obviously he's struggled to make it onto the court through the first three years, but that injury is going to work itself out and hopefully he can stay healthy and prove me right. Um, but I think he has the potential to be a Joel Embiid type player, meaning the numbers he's putting up, you know, winning MVPs, leading his team to the playoffs. I think that is a legit possibility. So I'm going to have to disagree and, and here's why. And, and, and I, I want to say I disagree with a TBD because the Sixers, despite what you may think of them, made sure to surround Embiid with the right type of role players. I do not think as of right now, with the way the Pelicans roster looks, Zion has those players. So I'm going to disagree with you for now until I see what the Pelicans are able to put together for future rosters. Yeah, I think I think grabbing CJ McCollum, I think that has potential to be a very good duo uh, for New Orleans for sure. Yeah, but how long um, does but McCollum moving on to the, uh, in the how long does McCollum stay in the league? You know, he he's he's, uh, he's not a, he's not a, he's no spring. He's got a few anymore. years left. No, he's got a few years left. Um, I think he's got a few years to potentially get them into playoff contention and 
build something for the future. Okay. Okay. Well, like I said, TBD, but uh, I guess we're moving on to the last game of the night. Um, this one was interesting. The Bulls and the Bucks. Kind of give me your uh, takeaways from that game. DeMar DeRozan was my takeaway from that game. He, uh, 41 points, put the team on his back, struggled in game one. Um, the Bulls, obviously, you know, it was noticeable for them. Um, but he just came out and, like I said, put the team on his back and refused to lose. Um, DeRozan's been there. You know, he's, he's got a little experience. He's definitely a veteran. Um, but I think the big, the big takeaway from that game was how long is Chris Middleton going to be out? Uh, you know, he was, went out with an MCL injury fourth quarter last night. Um, I've heard potentially three to four weeks, uh, nothing officials come out yet, but, um, some, you know, beat writers on Twitter, they were saying three to four weeks. Again, I haven't seen anything official come out yet. Um, but yeah, if if Chris Middleton misses misses the rest of this series, that could uh, that could be good for the Bulls. So then, let me ask you this: Does it affect the way you look at the series now? Because me personally, it does not. Demar Derozan had a great game. Um, there's no taking anything away. I mean, the guy was forty-one seven and four. You know, like put the team clearly yeah. Yeah. put his team on his back. But for me, he can't do that every single game. And while I think Chris Middleton may slow the Bucks down in this series, I just don't see it changing. I still, I mean, it's 1-1 now. Maybe the Bucks have to do it in six games, but I still think it's going to be that. Yeah, I, I, I don't think the Bulls are going to win the series um, by any means, but I think it's going to be much more competitive than what it would have been if Middleton played the whole series. Um, but... Speaking of injuries, though, big injury the, that we do have confirmation on, Devin Booker uh, was reported that he had the hamstring injury, could possibly miss the next two games. Now they're saying possibly two to three weeks grade one hamstring strain. Um, I looked up the grade one hamstring strains anywhere from a couple days to, yeah, to two weeks. Uh, so You know the phrase when, you know the old, what's the old phrase, uh, if something can go wrong, it will go wrong. God, I feel like that's the Suns. Every single year we talk about them. Every single year for the last couple yeah. of years. We, I, I, we, feel we, like we I feel like and that's then, Chris Paul, really, though. It is, but, I mean, geez, like, come on, Suns. Um, I still don't think they have an issue getting past the series. Um, it's just going to be a matter of what happen- how quickly can Devin Booker get back for the next series. I still think the Suns have enough firepower to get past the series. I'm not incredibly worried about uh, how they do in this series, but uh, it'll definitely be interesting to keep an eye on moving forward. Agreed. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they have any issues with this series. Um, I think, you know, if Booker's going to be out, I think Chris Paul's going to be able to take over those games and, and – uh, you know, bring him past the first round, but they're definitely going to need Booker for those next couple rounds. Um, but also, we, uh, sticking with the injuries, player that's supposed to come back reportedly for game three of the series, Luka Doncic. Uh, Mavericks are tied right now, one to one in that series. Um, I think that's that's huge. You know, if if Luka can come back and be effective, I think that's what the Mavs need to to beat the Jazz. Um, it's going to be it's going to be tough. Donovan Mitchell's going to have to play even even better than what he's been playing. Um but yeah, I think I think Luka Doncic coming back that's that's a that's a game changer for the Mavericks. 
I want I want to see I want to see how he does um, because like I said last time, a lot of the people that were coming out were saying if it wasn't the playoffs, we're not even talking about Luca coming back. So for me, I'm excited. I'm glad he's coming back. He's great for the sport of basketball. Obviously, you know the catalyst for the Mavs. But I'm very, very interested to see, is he 100% back? And we all know the answer to that. It's no. So it's a matter of how much is he back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's going to be, like I said, I think it's going to be a game changer, and it's definitely going to make that series even more exciting. Um, the fact that the Mavs could tie it up without Luka, that's uh, going to make this series really exciting. Um, to finish it up here, you know, we got the Warriors up 2-0. I don't think there's any surprise there. I don't think there's going to be any any surprises there from here on out. Um, Denver might take a game or two, but I think the Warriors, you know, Steph's healthy. The Warriors are going to come in, and they're going to – I think they're going to finish off this series in five or six. Uh, same yeah, with the I'm Heat. Not, you know, they're yeah. up 2-0 in their series. I don't see any surprise in that one either. Nope, not at all, and I'm very interested to see where the uh, Timberwolves and Grizzlies are next week when we do our next recording. Yeah, yeah, we'll uh, we'll definitely touch on that next week. They're tied one to one right now. It was a great game one for the Wolves, a really good game two for the Grizzlies. Going back to Minnesota for two more, it's it's going to be exciting. That's definitely going to be one of the best uh, one of the best series out there. I'll be watching Patrick uh, Beverly's post game celebrations. Of course, yeah. You know, obviously I hope my Wolves can I hope my Wolves can take care of business. I I'd like to see it. You know, we we deserve a we deserve a series win. And uh, you know, the Grizzlies are they're a young team, but they're they're a feisty team. Uh, they like to fight and they they fight hard. So I would uh I'd be really happy if we can get past them. That's for sure. Absolutely. Let's uh let's take a little break from baseball or from basketball here for a minute, move on to uh Let's touch on the baseball, John. What's uh, what you got for us over there? Well, so oh, not sure what's happening over there. So when it comes to baseball, I just want to say that the rich just keep getting richer, and I'm talking about the Los <laughs> Angeles Dodgers. You would think they have enough going on, but no. Let's go ahead and add Freeman who blew up with the Dodgers long, or I'm sorry, blew up with the Braves, long-time Atlanta Braves, and ended up signing with them on top of the way Clayton Kershaw is looking. Um, I just don't see how you can't pick the Dodgers as the favorite for the World Series. I just don't. Yeah, and not even just the two of them. You know, they got Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, Justin Turner, uh, Cody Bellinger, they got the young kid Gavin Lux, who's very good. Um, Walker Bueller as well that they added to their to their pitching rotation. Yeah, I, mean, I, I feel like I'm you're just you, reading an all star an all star lineup that they play <laughs> mid season. <laughs> and honestly, when I read it earlier, I felt like I was reading an all star team lineup. I really did. Um, they're just yeah, they do. They keep getting richer, and I, I it's going to be really tough to take them out this year. Now, outside of them, if I had to pick one, I mean, how do you not like the other team down the street, the Los Angeles Angels, um, Otani? I mean, the, is there anything this guy doesn't do? I, I, I just, just you know, he doesn't have any kind of MVP layoff. Comes back, just keeps hitting home runs, pitching, everything. Uh, and along with well, the fact that well, I think everyone forgets, calm down a little, they still have Mike calm Trout. Down. He- 
they do have Mike Trout, but let's calm down with Otani. I love Otani. I love what he's doing, but let's calm down on the you know no no MVP layoff. He's only hitting two thirty six. He's he's got three home runs in fifty five at bats, which is which is pretty solid. It's a decent start, but two thirty six. He's really not hitting the ball all that well. Um, my question for you is: Can Otani lead both ways for this team right now, as it stands? The best two pitchers on their roster, him and Noah Syndergaard. Syndergaard's off to a great start. 2-0, I think like a 1.5 ERA. Really good start. Otani, most innings pitched for all of their pitchers, and has a 4.4 ERA. Solid, not great, not bad. But my question for you, like I said, is can he lead both as a pitcher and as a hitter for a team looking to win a World Series? Um, I do, because I, I think the Angels, as the year goes on, they add a little bit of depth to their pitching rotation and to their relievers. Um, you know, obviously he has the most innings pitched, but I think as we go down, he'll skip a couple uh, a couple starts, and they'll also only ask him to pitch, you know, four, five, six innings and get the relievers in there. I definitely think a lot of that's going to depend on the Angels' bats outside of Otani. You know, if they're hitting the ball right and – you know, bringing in runs that allows them to pull Otani out a lot quicker um, to where he's only doing four or five, six innings instead of having to lean on him for, you know, seven, eight, a complete game. So I definitely think it's possible, but I do foresee the Angels getting a signing a couple guys or bringing a couple guys up for relief uh, as the season goes on. Yeah, absolutely. And just keep this in mind, too. I was actually shocked when I found this out. The Angels only have one playoff appearance since 2009. And the year that they made the playoffs, they were actually swept by the Kansas City Royals. So they have not won a playoff game since 2009. Um, They have six awards between all of their players, a couple MVPs, a couple Rookie of the Years, um, but no playoff wins. So, you know, it's it's not a team that's been there, done that. Mike Trout only has, I think, three or four playoff at-bats. Um, so we'll see. You know, if they can get there, we'll see We'll see how they handle that pressure. Um, but, yeah, another team that I like, though, that has a very, very good young core, the Toronto Blue Jays. Yes. Amazing young core. Vlad Guerrero, Guerrero Jr. Jr. is one hitting of my favorites to start the year. You know, I, I, I have to admit, I'm not the biggest baseball expert. Um, I, I, I collect sports cards and I, I get most of my knowledge for baseball based on who, whose cards are selling at that moment. Um, one thing I can tell you for certain Vlad Guerrero Jr. And Bo Bichette are hot right now. Uh, Bo numbers might not be, might not be showing it. Um, but he's only a couple years in Vlad Guerrero Jr. Look what he's done in his first few seasons. I mean, with that young core, they have a very, very good chance to be, you know, a potential World Series team in the next few years. Um, not to mention, they added uh, the cheater uh, George Springer from the from the Cheatstros. So, you know, <laughs> oh man, yeah, um, and that doesn't bode well for my Baltimore Orioles. I mean, they've already got um, they've already got the Yankees and the Red Sox, and now the Blue Jays. So we, yeah, we shall uh, see. Yeah. I mean, another guy too that we didn't even mention, Kevin Biggio, uh, Craig Biggio's son. You know, he's he's coming up. He's still pretty young. So between him, Bochette, 
uh, you know, sorry, Bo Bichette and uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr., you know, those three are going to, going to, should lead this team, you know, for the next few years. Definitely. So I think that's one all. thing I Do did want to add. Else too. for for yeah, I wanted to add one more thing for baseball. Um, you know, I know you're a Baltimore Orioles fan, um, and I, I have to say, I'm I'm a huge uh, I'm a huge Adley Rutschman fan. Um, he's the number one prospect um, in baseball right now. The Orioles, uh, the Orioles' number one prospect, number two prospect actually overall in baseball, but the number one prospect not in the uh, not in the majors. He uh, he's he's injured right now, but I, I have to I have to say, I, I I just don't understand what the Orioles are doing because he's their catchers right now are only combined hitting one forty two, no home runs, no RBIs. This kid hit two eighty five between Double A AA and Triple A last year, um, in almost five hundred at bats. He's just he's been having an unbelievable year. Um, and like I said, with the guys that you got playing catcher right now, if, if they don't bring him up and start him, I honestly don't know. And that's one thing about baseball that I never understood. They keep these prospects in the minors for so long. You know, I understand keeping them there for a few years, but you got to bring these guys up, let them get major league at bats. You know, it's, it's like on the job training. You're never going to learn if you don't get up there and take the bats. So yeah, I just wanted to get that out of there. Um, you know, Adley Rutschman, keep an eye on him. He's supposed to be uh, supposed to be the next big thing. It's good enough. We'll trade him anyways because that's what we do. <laughs> well, hopefully not. Hopefully not. He, uh, like I said, the guys you have right now, they're combined hitting a buck forty-two. No home runs, no RBIs. I can promise you that kid's going to give you more than that. Can promise you that. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Um. But yeah, so let's move on to uh, let's talk a little NFL offseason. We've had a lot of news pop up uh, during the offseason. Lots of big names moving teams. I feel like I'm watching a reality show with Um, the NFL offseason. Yeah, I mean, just to to name one, uh, you know, Russell Wilson's heading to Denver, uh, play quarterback over there in the the Mile High City. So uh, good luck to him. I hope it works out. Um, They got a pretty solid team over there. And, uh, and we're going to touch on they that Russ Cook and do his thing. Too. But the AFC West, absolutely, yeah, touch on yeah. that. But um, let's start with the wide receiver market. Um, are you surprised? Are you shocked? What? How do you feel about the way these wide receivers are getting paid? I don't think it's so much the money that surprises me. Uh, money, money in sports doesn't surprise me anymore, just because I know how much money sports leagues make and as a whole, but what surprises me is the big name guys that are moving quarterbacks. For example, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. They just left Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes to go catch balls from Derek Carr and Tua. Now I'm not smartest man in the world, but I'd rather catch passes from Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. So I, you know, I, maybe it's all about the, I am a little surprised, I guess, that I feel like it is all about the money. Um, if it wasn't all about the money, you'd stay with your Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame quarterbacks and, and keep winning games. Um, I just, that well, part of it, I don't that understand. Down. Let's um, break that down for a second. That. 
because I agree with you when it comes to Tyreek Hill, but not necessarily Devontae Adams. And here's why. Because when that trade happened, there were reports that came out that the Packers were willing to pay Devontae Adams the same amount of money that the Raiders were willing to pay him. If I'm being honest, I think Devontae Mm -hmm. Adams just got sick of the reality show that was Aaron Rodgers. Look at me. Look at me. You know, not to mention... Clearly, there were talks that Derek Carr and Devontae Adams wanted to be together for a very long time, which is why Derek Carr got signed to an extension. I mean, and the most out of Aaron Rodgers, you know, you got a three-year extension. Oh, yeah, they were they were high, uh, college teammates. Exactly. So, I mean, what, what does Aaron Rodgers do this same dramatic crap next season? Um, does he pull the, well, I don't know if I want to come back or want to be traded. I mean, leaving Devontae Adams in limbo. I think for me, when it comes to Devontae Adams, he wanted stability. He was sick of the drama. And yeah, is Derek Carr better than Aaron Rodgers? Absolutely not. But I definitely think it's more stable in Las Vegas than it is with Green Bay right now, especially after the turnover in coaching. So for me, I like the Devontae Adams move simply because the man got paid and he's with one of his best friends on a more stable team and not having to deal with the Aaron Rodgers drama. However, when it comes to Tyreek Hill, I see that. I see that. When it comes to Tyreek Hill, it was all about the money. Um, the the Chiefs didn't want to pay him, which, quite frankly, I don't blame them. You know, they've got to they've got to watch out for number one, which is Patrick Mahomes for the next you know eight, nine, ten years. Tyreek Hill is a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Not willing to say he's a little bit slower, but I'm not willing to pay Tyreek Hill that much money to stay and mortgage off the next eight nine, 10 years of that franchise. Do they get another couple chips in the next three, four, five years? Absolutely. But at what cost are you going to be paying Tyreek Hill to build for your future? Yeah, no, the, the, that one, I'm, that makes sense to me. Um, see, I just, I don't get the Devonte Adams deal. Um, to my knowledge, him and Aaron Rodgers were, were good friends. Um, so that one really just doesn't make much sense to me. Um, but Hey, you know, it is what it is. Um, another like receiver, I said, though. I that, think I think it's uh, the I think switched. it's the drama. I think it's the drama with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, you could season. be right. You could be right. Yeah, but another receiver that uh, that moved teams and uh, is going to be catching passes from somebody new this year, Amari Cooper uh, is heading to the Browns. That's uh, yes. that's a very interesting one to me. Um, Browns have a lot going on over there. Um, it's kind of a mess depending on who you ask. Um, you know, they got a couple quarterbacks over there right now, but you know, right now it's looks like they're going to lean on Watson to be the starter. Um, doesn't really leave Baker Mayfield a whole lot of options. Um, I'll get to that in a second. Cause I do want to talk about uh, a couple more receivers. Um, one of them being Sammy Watkins, who just got signed this morning. Um, or I believe it was, was this morning or last night? Yesterday. It was oh. yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah. Sammy Watkins and I'm it's missing me off the top of my head where he just went. Um oh he I'm he, sorry, uh, he went he to, the, uh, to the, the Chiefs. So Oh no, that was you're correct. It is the, the Packers Chiefs, Thank he you. went there. No, he went with no, it, he went with the, Chiefs, the Chiefs because yeah. it was because yeah, uh, he partners with uh with Lazard over there who also got signed. Yes, yes, yep. Um yeah, you know what? Actually, I need to double check that real quick. Nope, we are both both wrong. You were right the first time. It was the Green Bay Packers. 
Uh, so Sammy Watkins goes to Green Bay Packers. I knew it was one of the two receivers we just talked about. That that's right. That MVS moved. went um, to the Chiefs. All Green you know, Bay Packer wide. That's going to be Bay nice for wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's going to be really good. Um, Aaron Rodgers at least he's going to have a veteran to throw to over there. Um, and then another guy that actually just requested a trade today, Debo Samuel, requested a I trade out that. of San Francisco. That, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I can't think of any options right now that would, that would just make sense for him. He's such a, such a Swiss army knife of a player that really he could fit with any team. And there's really not a specific team that could use someone like that. I think every team could use a guy like Debo. And here was the interesting part to me, because at first when I read those reports, I immediately thought, okay, this man wants to get paid. You're nice, but you're not Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill nice. They don't like you. <laughs> What's the old phrase? They don't like you like that. Um, but yeah, then, they don't love you like that. <laughs> they don't love you like that. And then when the reports came out that the 49ers were willing to pay him and he was just done, really signifies to me that Debo just wants to take advantage of what's not only happening with wide receivers, but he wants to win now. And I don't think the 49ers <laughs> are in a position to win now. Well, let me ask you this. Let me throw you out a couple teams. Um, you tell me which one you think he would be would have you know would be the best team for him to land on all right um, kansas city the new york mm. jets detroit lions new orleans saints or the green bay packers so i really like and and this is going to be an interesting one i really like the new orleans saints with him I really do james is coming off an injury you don't know what you're getting from michael thomas you're either going to ask him to be a one or two, and quite frankly, you're not going to ask him to do much more than what you're doing with your hybrid Taysom Hill, you know, wide receiver running, everything. I I really like the Saints if they were able to pull that off. Um, I don't like the Jets. I think if – I don't think Zach Wilson is any better than Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance as it is right now. So um, do I think he would have an impact? Well, let, yes. me, let me do stop you for a second that- because the – the Jets are actually the team that I was going to choose out of that, out of those five. Um, because Zach Wilson is so young, Debo's still a pretty young player. He's not that old. Um, they have Denzel Mims. They have two high draft picks this year, probably going to take another weapon for Zach Wilson. Um, you know, and I mean, in our mock draft, we had, we had them taking uh, Drake London, you know, the USC receiver. Um, so, you know, if they can add another receiver to that, I, I like that, you know, Debo's a guy that's going to take some pressure off Zach Wilson. Um, I think for the jets, that is the best option for Debo Samuel. I would say either the saints or the chiefs. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm not going to, based on the way the chiefs, you, you know, play. it'll, it'll definitely help the yeah. jets. But again, it goes back to my point. Is Debo, why did Debo say no to the Niners? If the Niners were willing to pay him, exactly. was, there that exactly. much, was there that much animosity between him and the front office? Or is it just as sim- mm-hmm. simple as he wants to win now? Because if he wants to win now, the Jets are going to, he's just going to be just as disgruntled with the Jets that he is with the 49ers. 
So my personal opinion, I think it's a matter of the man wants to get paid and he wants to win now. And to me, knowing Tom Brady's not going to be there forever, the Saints give him the best option. I don't know if the Chiefs would be able to afford him. Maybe they would because they apparently made Tyreek a pretty sweet offer. It just wasn't the offer he wanted. So maybe the Chiefs do go all in with Debo Samuel and he becomes their new Tyreek. I like that a lot too. You know, yeah, and, and speaking of the Chiefs, just it it's hard to replace a guy like Tyreek Hill with the production that he's given them. 100%. But if they did hypothetically add Debo, they would have a receiving core of Debo Samuel, Juju, McCole Hardman, and MVS, the former Packers receiver, who we just said went from the Packers over to the Chiefs. Um, I don't know about you, but that's that's a pretty good receiving core. Um, the Chiefs have built a culture over there. Doesn't scare me outside of Debo. It doesn't because I my reservations are I need to see what. But you got to keep in mind. Now. Yeah, but you got to keep in mind. Miko Hardman's been with that offense for a few years now, so he's a veteran within that offense. He knows that offense. You don't have to be the most talented player to to thrive in an offense. Um, if you understand that offense and understand your role in that offense. You're going to play well. Not to mention, McCall Hardman is very fast. Um, I think Juju had some unfortunate years with Pittsburgh. Um, you know, I, I I really think Juju's going to going to bounce back. Um, MVS, he's a great second, third, fourth option. Um, granted, he was catching passes from from Aaron Rodgers, might make it a little bit easier, but I like that for the. Uh, for the Chiefs, you know, that, that'd be a really good spot for the Chiefs and for Debo if they can do that. Um, I don't my see him going to Green Chiefs, Bay. Yeah, I don't my see him going to Green Bay. My confidence in the Chiefs would be with Andy Reid. You know, um, Andy Reid is a bona fide offensive yeah, genius. Yeah. The man makes it happen all the time. So it would definitely be interesting to see that. So, I mean, maybe. Maybe, but, you know, I, I think what it comes down to is – can the Chiefs reinvent themselves enough to be the team that they were? Because going back, shout out Tampa Bay Buccaneers, when the Buccaneers beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, it beat them badly, might I add. They gave the blueprint on how to beat that team. You know, blitzing, zone, and man, and make Mahomes scramble. Make him scramble jump street. So for me... I'm not so much worried about what the Chiefs have as weapons. I'm more interested to see if they figured out how other teams figured them out. Yeah, no, that, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, the Buccaneers definitely. <laughs> yeah, they definitely proved that. Um, well, let's. Uh, we mentioned earlier Baker Mayfield. Um, you Old know, Baker. they just got Amari Cooper. Yeah, they just got Amari Cooper. They picked up Deshaun Watson. Um, or I'm sorry, I guess traded for Deshaun Watson. Um, obviously, the Browns have made it clear that they want to move forward with Deshaun Watson as their starter. That doesn't leave any room for Baker Mayfield. Can't start two quarterbacks. Do you think Baker holds out and sticks it out with the Browns and forces them to make a move? Or do you think he just says, trade me, I'm out of here? And if so, where do you think is a potential landing spot for him? So, I mean, for me, it's not really a matter of whether Baker says trade me or not. The fact of the matter is there's no one out there willing to trade for Baker right now. 
And it's not even that he's not a top 32 quarterback because that's what it would take in order to be a starting quarterback. It's the fact of the matter. No one's willing to pay him or pay him the 18 million that he's owed. And I don't think the Browns at this point are going to work with teams as far as being willing to take on any part of that 18 mil simply because they just guaranteed Deshaun Watson $230 million guaranteed full contract. First time we've ever seen that. Um, so for me, so do you my think, prediction, let me ask you this then, do you think there's a potential that he takes a buyout with Cleveland and signs? No, elsewhere? I don't think, I don't, because, I don't think he gets that far for me. I want to see what happens after the NFL. For me, it's going to be determining on what happens with the NFL draft and the off season. So I've got two predictions with Baker Mayfield. I think he gets traded almost immediately within the week or two after the NFL draft, depending on what the teams are going to do. Or I think he gets traded midway through the season rides the bench with the Browns, and someone gets hurt. My potential destination, and I've loved this destination, especially with this particular organization and this particular coach saying we're not in rebuild mode, we're not in rebuild mode, um, I like him to go to the Seattle Seahawks. We both know Drew Lux, Drew Locke That's, is not that guy. You read my mind. We know Drew Locke's not, you read Drew my Locke's mind. not that guy. Um, we know Metcalf is um, – some rumors are coming out about he, oh, he's disgruntled. So um, – you know, do they trade Metcalf? Um, does Baker Mayfield make Metcalf feel a little bit better about the situation? So for me, I think it's the the only team right now for me, barring injury, would be the Seattle Seahawks. But that's why I'm also really interested to see what happens because I think the Browns hold him, and I think injury, something happens, um, and maybe they trade to a really desperate team. Another option I like, depending on, you know, what they do, and some are going to call me crazy, but just hear me out. I like him at San Francisco. You know, if Trey Lance gets in there and they don't think he's the guy, he's not showing, they think he needs another year. Um, Say what you want about Jimmy Garoppolo getting to the NFC championship, yada, 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 whatever. The The man has leadership ability, but I would take Baker Mayfield over Jimmy Garoppolo to start for my team. So I think in a yeah, and like I said, I completely agree with you. Yeah, I completely so agree me, with you with, uh, as far as Seattle goes. Um, it just – no, go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So for me, it just depends on whether, you know, the 49ers think Trey Lance is that dude or if he needs another year. Um, another option I could see going, I don't think Cleveland would trade in the division, and I think it would take a lot for Mike Tomlin – if the Steelers don't end up going quarterback, which we all think they are going to, so this is obviously barring they don't go quarterback, I, I could see Mike Tomlin wanting to take a shot with Baker. You know, see at least have him on the roster with Trubisky and, you know, have his options open. I mean, I would personally take Baker Mayfield over Mitch Trubisky uh, all day, every day, twice on Sundays. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think, I think Seattle's a realistic um, destination for him. I don't think he's going to start the season with Cleveland. I don't think he. I don't think he tries to ride it out on the bench, hoping for an injury. Um, you know, then for a chance to play. I, I, I don't see that as a possibility. I I see him taking a buyout with Cleveland, making some money from that, and then going out and signing a more team friendly deal. Because once you take that buyout, you're already getting paid that money. You're free to go out and sign another contract. You're essentially doubling up on your money. Um, so if he even takes half of that, um, nine, $10 million buyout, 
and then goes and signs a nine or ten million dollar team friendly deal. You're still making your eighteen million. He's still getting his money. Um, Seattle's, you know, it's rumored that they're going to look at a quarterback in the first round. If they do, I, I still see them bringing him in. Um, I really do. You know, Drew Locke's not much competition for him, like you said. You know, another team that was a potential for him um, that I figured, that I felt was a potential was the Atlanta Falcons. Um, but they just brought in Marcus Mariota. Um, don't think that they're going to bring in Baker to compete with Mariota. I think any team that brings in Baker is going to have the plan on starting him, um, possibly developing a quarterback behind him, or you know, whoever they have sitting on the roster now, potentially playing behind Baker. But yeah, I agree with you. I think Seattle is a is a realistic landing spot for him. Not much of a style difference between him and Russ. Um, both pretty good on the ground. Both are pretty good scrambler, you know, scrambling throwers. So I, I think it's going to be interesting though to see where he ends up. I'm, I'm a Baker Mayfield fan. I enjoy his commercials. Um, you know, obviously I'm in the locker room with him all the time. I don't know what kind of teammate he is, what kind of person he really is, but I'm a fan. You know, I enjoy his commercials. Here's the last thing. I think he's a solid football player. Here's the last thing I'll say about Baker. Uh, any any mm-hmm. team that is looking to draft a quarterback in the draft is open for Baker Mayfield. And then those teams have to ask themselves, Absolutely. is the person I'm drafting better than Baker Mayfield? And I honestly think that question has already been answered. I think Malik Willis, we, we've talked about it in the past, he might need a year. I think he's the most talented one coming out, but he needs a year. Kenny Pickett is the most NFL ready, but I think I would still take Baker over that. And there's already rumblings in the 2023 draft about this amazing quarterback class coming out. So I truly think Baker will be a bridge quarterback for someone at some point. But um, until then, I think he rides the bench with the Browns. I don't think the Browns are going to trade him because the fact of the matter is, whether Baker likes it or not, he's still under contract. And there's a chance the Browns could spin this and say, hey, Baker, use this as a chance to show other teams what you got because – Quite frankly, we don't know what the Deshaun Watson situation is. He could be suspended for some part this year. And I think whether people like it or not or want yeah. to hear it, that's in the Browns' heads as well. We still have a capable Absolutely. Team, whether he's pissed off or not, to hold down Absolutely. the court until Deshaun Watson gets back. Yep. Yep. You were exactly right. Um, but yeah, I want to uh, I wanted to touch on one thing we briefly mentioned it earlier, um, you know, the Denver Broncos, the Seahawks, um, Oh baby, you know, AFC excuse West. me, not the Seahawks. I'm sorry, but yeah, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Not the, not the Seahawks, not the, the Seahawks, but, uh, Denver, um, you know, their division with the man, I'm drawing a complete blank. I don't even know who's in the AFC West. Help me out here. They've got the, it's, it's, uh, the Raiders. <laughs> I should know that. Chargers. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Raiders, the Chargers, yeah, Raiders, the Broncos, thank you, thank and the you. Chiefs. Thank you, thank you. I was drawing a complete blank there for a second. Um, yeah, my question for you though is: Do you think it's possible all four can make it to the playoffs? They take the seven teams NFL, now. Do you think ooh. it's possible all four make it? The way the NFL playoffs are set up now with that extra team, I definitely think it's possible. Um, if I had to choose a team that's going to be on the outside looking in, for me, oh man, not many people are going to agree with me. But 
That's exactly who I was going to say. Denver Broncos. Yeah. I, I, I personally don't think it's possible um, for just one simple reason. They only take seven teams, and I don't see the Bills and – I don't see – I see the Bills and the Pats both making the playoffs. Um, that would only leave a max of three spots for that division. One of them would have to beat out the Bills and the Pats, the Bills or the Pats, excuse me, um, for record, you know, as far as the record goes. My opinion, I think whoever finishes worse out of the Bills and Pats is still better than the last place team in the AFC West. So with that being said, I don't think it's possible. I think they get two, potentially three, um, if those three teams have a really good year. Um, But I I think it's going to be really tough. Uh, to get all four teams in, it I would be do, it would be shocking. Though. It would be it would be a lot of fun to see. And for me, the team looking on the outside looking in is the Denver Broncos, just because of all the other teams. I mean, the Raiders—they got Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs. They now have Devontae Adams. Um, I just don't know yeah. if the Broncos. I, I, how do you believe in the Broncos' wide receivers? I guess that 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 is what it is. I believe I believe Jerry believe Judy will be a good receiver. I believe Jerry Judy will be a good receiver, but I don't believe in their receivers. No. No. I, I don't think bringing in Russ does a whole lot. Um, he doesn't have a whole lot so to command you, with that offense. So then do you agree with me? Do you feel like if there was one team left out, it's that team? Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. I I definitely agree. Denver Broncos, the team on the, yeah, I think, uh, I think they're going to finish on the bottom of that, that division, but it's going to be really close. It's going to be them or the, or the Raiders. I still think, I still think the chiefs are the favorites with the chargers. I don't think either one of those other two teams are going to compete with them for the division lead. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to come down to the Raiders and the Broncos. Raiders are, Improving, um, definitely like their offense better than the Broncos. Um, Broncos lost a few guys on defense as well, so it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Um, I don't think. Uh, let me say this: I'll, I'll make a bold prediction here. I don't think the AFC West ends up as the best division in football next year, Re- record wise. Record wise, when it when it's all said and done, I think when the records come out. After 17 games, I don't think the AFC West will be top to bottom the best division. Well, then show your work. Who do you got? I, I don't necessarily have a pick in mind right now. Um, I do. I do. And I'm I think just, it's going to be the I'm AFC. I'm just not that high on the Broncos. If it's not the AFC West, I, I like the AFC North minus the Cleveland Browns. I mean, even including the, the Cleveland Browns, depending on what happens with Deshaun Watson. Joe Burrow's already shown he's real. Lamar Jackson's about as real as yeah. he can get. You know, Cleveland, yeah. if they have Deshaun Watson, we're, we're, we're doing something. You know, and... Pittsburgh's you know, going to struggle you can, you can, a little bit um, as far yeah, as Yeah, but the you can never count the Steelers out oh. with, with Mike Tomlin. I'm sorry. No. The man, the no. man is a bona fide genius as well. Well, who do you... Uh, who are your Super Bowl favorites? Who you got? Who you got winning the whole thing this year? Let me, let me hear. 
I've been, I've been thinking about this for a while for me. And I know it's going to sound a little bit biased. So I want to hinder this. I want I want to put an asterisk on this. If Chris Godwin comes back 100% healthy, I think it's the Bucks because they're running back the same roster that helped them win with Leonard Fournette. They are beefing up their offensive line even after they lost a couple guys in trades and free agency. And they brought in Russell Gage essentially to be Antonio Brown. So for me, if Chris yeah. Godwin comes back healthy, know. and that's a big if, I think it's the Bucks. I don't really see any other team in the NFC right now that can do it. Um, I do like the Rams. Obviously, I mean, you, know, you, you said count- you were running back the same roster that you did when you guys won it all. So you didn't win it all last year, and you still ran the same no, roster not. back. So this is going on three years now that you've pretty much ran the same team back, and you don't see another team in the NFC. A team, well, in, another team me- in the NFC won the Super Bowl last year. Well, so here's what I'm going to say about that because I, right? I was about I was about I was about to I was about to touch on that. <laughs> we had our offensive guard. Um, we had one of our offensive linemen injured during that game we lost, and they just exposed mm-hmm. the rookie. So for me, I think we win that game and get it together, and then it's us and the Rams in the NFC Championship. For me, here's why I don't like the Rams again because the Rams were so damn good last year. Here's why I don't see the Rams as a threat. They lost Von Miller on defense. Von Miller, one of the co-captains with Aaron Donald, was a force in dropping back and playing zone and everything. Their offense is still going to run it back. Their offense is still going to be amazing. But I don't think they come Mm -hmm. through on defense the same way they did last year. To me, that is why I still have the Bucs over the Rams. And you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Von Miller uh, leaving the Rams because my Super Bowl pick is the Rams. However, I want to say I think it will be the Rams and the Bills in the Super Bowl this year. Oh, the Bills um, are going to finally do it? I really think I, – I still say the Rams, but I want to say the Bills will make the Super Bowl. You know, they added Von Miller – Jamison Crowder, O.J. Howard, Duke Johnson, if they can address a corner, or I should say, if they can address their defensive backfield in the draft, they don't give up sacks. They just need to beef up their defensive backfield. Tredavious White, he's still rehabbing an injury, might not be ready for the season, should be ready for towards the end of the season, middle of season, end of season, and you know playoffs. But if they can get some corners in there, some safety help, I think the Bills can make that run, and I think this will be their year. I think they're one or two players away, or I guess I should say they're a good NFL draft away from being a Super Bowl team. So for me, my AFC pick is coming out of the AFC West. Uh, I've got the Chargers. I think Justin Herbert, I've always been a big fan of Herbert. The way they've upgraded their defense is just ridiculous. I think and my, my heart wants to ride with Joey B, you know, shout out LSU, but I, I think it's the Chargers time. I think they did what okay. they needed to do. 
And I've got the Chargers and the Bucks in the Super Bowl. Okay, Rams, Bills, Bucks, Chargers. I like that. I like that. Those are two solid picks. Um, I think one of us definitely has the potential to be right on that. Um, those are some solid, solid picks, man. It's uh, it's definitely going to be an interesting, interesting year for the NFL. Um, I'm excited for it to get a little closer. Um, you know, we're both, you and me both really big in fantasy football. Um, so it's, you know, we're definitely going to be covering a lot of fantasy related stuff during football season. Um, football season is going to be a good time around here. We're definitely gonna have a lot of fun with that. Um, but, um, next week though, want to let everybody know. Oh yeah. We will be having our first guest of the podcast. Um, very excited for this. Uh, we are going to be having Dominic Reed, former Catawba point guard. He was uh, a former pro over in Denmark. Um, also played played high school basketball at Cannon School in um, Concord, North Carolina. He is the assistant men's basketball coach for Cannon School in Concord. We're very excited to have him on the podcast. Uh, we're going to talk to him a little bit about his playing career, um, the things that, you know, some things that he endured while playing uh, overseas, playing collegiately, uh, playing at a high level. We'll talk to him a little bit about the NBA draft, get his, you know, his thoughts on some of the prospects that we have coming up. Um, Shout out and yeah, we'll just talk to him about, you know, some, like I said, some his coaching. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have a couple questions about, uh, you know, he was actually a former teammate of, uh, of Ebony and Ivory in a three on three basketball tournament. So we'll ask him about that. Definitely want to talk to him, see what it was like, you know, playing with, playing with the two of us. Um, but yeah, that's coming up <laughs> next week. We're very excited for that. So make sure everybody stays tuned in and, uh, and checks that one out. It's going to be a really good one. Um, but you know, that's going to do it today for episode three. Uh, thanks everybody again for listening. Once again, this is the shooting the sports podcast with Ebony and Ivory. My name's Jonathan. I'm the Ebony. And my name's Nick, and I'm the Ivory. Have a good day, everybody.